man good or evil? What transforms society for the better or for the worse? In Mark chapter 7, 1 through 23, Jesus addresses the question of what really defiles a person. And this is a larger question than what it might immediately appear. This is not a question of how one navigates the technicalities of the Jewish law, but a question of what makes people good and what makes people evil. And even if people don't say this question out loud very often, it actually is a question which undergirds every aspect of our society. Whether choosing whom we would like to date, what we would like to purchase at the marketplace, or what we would like to do with our politics, it all boils down to the question of what is the heaven to admire and the hell to repulse. Our message today is taking a turn, for rather than hearing a message from a pastor's perspective, we are returning to Goblin Town, that sinister society deep beneath the terrestrial home of the sons of Adam and daughters of Eve. It is a dwelling whose access is found in the long, steady descent from the natural light of God's noble body to the land where all are equal in the darkness. It is the land of perceived opportunity, where inoffensive, feel-good slogans reign supreme. One can be as ugly or beautiful as they like, for such is but a personal choice. And in want of the light, there is no way to distinguish the admirable from the repulsive. And this is the land of fake virtues, where one's character is measured by how softly the news announcers react to it. Moreover, it is here at the topic of news announcers and all who might go out and make their proclamations publicly that we find in Goblin Town an announcer that brings us to our point. More specifically, to our new perspective. What we're going to hear today is a transcript given to us from Theofar Gone, who is a tempter. He is a miscreant below, an announcer who operates the sound house of Goblin Town. Now here in our world above, we have lighthouses, and the lighthouses shine light to attract and guide ships. But in the lightless world of Goblin Town, sound houses are used to attract and guide lost creatures from the world above to the eternal depths. Feofar Gone just so happens to be charged, and even talented, in the art of attracting lost souls below. Let us not spend time wondering how his transcript was obtained, for doing so is easy enough for those who possess the skill, but instead let us see what we can learn from his art. So today, we're going to hear a devilish letter from Feofar Gone, and then afterwards we'll look at Mark 7 and examine what goes on there in Scripture. So, we're stepping out of the world where we are hearing our message from a pastor from the light, but instead we're about to hear a devilish letter from below. Dear humble tempters and modest comrades, how passionate is the thought of tricking a man into believing he is good or bad based solely on whether or not he has washed his hands. For if we can get a man to believe this, then we have all but won him to our eternal torment beneath all worlds. His citizenship below is not in question, for it is only a matter of time. Our deceptive mission is to distract and confuse. And this is with the end that we might replace a man's relationship to the light while convincing him he is still fine. To the issue of cleanliness, our goal is to get a man thinking about the ritual formula of touching water with his hands and forget altogether about the possible presence of dirt. We want him focusing on things which can be satisfied without any honest cleaning or honest effort. Get a man to believe that all he has to do to be good is to run his hands through water, and rather than asking himself if he is actually clean, he will ask himself if he did the deed of wetting his hands. Never in this will a thought be given to the actual presence of dirt, but only to whether or not he satisfied the ritual. 
It is through this magical bait and switch that we have managed to make simple the most intelligent minds of the intelligent creatures. Those whose natural characteristics draw them to study and think about the laws of life can easily be made the least likely to understand anything about it. It is always good style when we can get a man to earnestly believe he is doing something good when he is in fact doing nothing. For we like nothing. Our goal is to be the ones who answer the real question of the human mind. You must see that the real question that weighs on the humans is the question of how one can be good and have good things in life, while at the same time avoiding suffering and unwanted things. The desire for this answer led to their fall, and we want to replace the light in giving that answer. Regardless of how often or rare the humans think this question directly, it is the question which motivates all their behaviors. What is the heaven to admire and the hell to repulse? This is the formula they use in all their decisions, whether in choosing whom they would like to date, how they would like to organize their politics, or even which items they would like to buy at the market. Now the light. He told his children to be careful, for he is quite aware of our scheme. In Matthew 6.23, he warned against us, saying, If the light in you is darkness, how great then is that darkness! But, in all the joyful terrors below, we actually find for ourselves an advantage in his warning. You see, if we can convince the humans that we are the light, then they truly are our property. As the false light, we can take advantage of the wisdom in Matthew 6, 19-21, which teaches, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now there is no greater joy for those of us below than to have the humans storing up things with us here in the deep, while they really believe they are storing up things above. We want a man believing that he is living by the light's morality from above when in fact he has replaced it with our morality from below. Get him in lockstep with the world, starting each day at our breakfast buffet of ideas. Oh, what a joyful art our work is. Our job is principally to distract and confuse. We want the humans to have certainty in areas where they should be skeptical and confusion in areas where they should have certainty. We want them certain that morality lies in the ritual of washing their hands, but uncertain when it comes to the presence of dirt. Furthermore, if we have them so focused on the ritual that the question of dirt doesn't cross their mind, then we will have really performed our duty well. But let us not be confused. While we know the truth that we are distracting them, we do not tell them that directly. Instead, we want them to think they are focusing, or whatever nice-sounding euphemism we can use to make our malice sound like modesty. We want them certain that when they reinterpret the scriptures of their light, that they are doing it correctly. But then, we want them completely unaware and undiscerning in the world around them. We want them certain in accusing their neighbors of oppressing people they've never met, and then saying things are complex when they're asked to justify their accusation. Never forget, accusations are our style and hobby. And we can have people as our unconscious disciples if we can lead them to believe their accusations are earnest reproaches and calls to virtue. 
The humans at some level know they are indeed sinful and need to be corrected. And a righteous correction can sound very similar to an unjust accusation. Once again, our job is to distract and confuse. The difference between an unjust accusation and earnest correction can often be sorted out by examining what is objectively true. But as you all know, objective truth belongs to the light and we are students of the dark. We want them to have as little discernment as possible and as little objective truth as possible. Therefore, we have them focus on perspectives, biases, and angles. We want them focusing on what is reported to them, what feels right, and not focusing on truths larger than themselves. The light made his creatures with a mind, and we want those minds. The light always has his plans, trusting creatures to love him in return, to willfully be transformed to his service. We do not want them to enjoy the freedom of his service, but believing that slavery to us will be more free. Our best research has found that showing humans the reactions of other humans is by far one of the most effective ways of getting them to willfully throw away their minds. Show them someone laughing, and they will laugh too, even if they do not yet know what is funny. The humans will listen to a clap track on their moving picture box and think something has happened worthy of applause. They will read a story in the newspaper and fully adopt the reaction and opinion of the writer while firmly believing it is their own. How stylish it is to have a human mimic others while believing, and really believing they are thinking for themselves. It is through these tactics that we have nullified many great minds and given ourselves an alternative to the light's great gift of discernment. It feels so delightful to be on the expert side. The light has told them they need virtue to be made holy as is he. And as a result, the humans might spend a great deal of their time wondering how they might stop sinning, how they might stop taking steps towards our complete darkness. But do not lose heart just because a human is thinking about how he might stop an evil, for we have found a very clever way of keeping him on the downward descent. The light told his children in that letter to the Galatians 6-7 that with assurance, God will not be mocked, a man will reap what they sow. And we indeed know this to be true, and again, we can use the light's truth to our advantage. You see, we know there is power in a name, and oh, oh how good it feels when someone says our name. We must simply distract and confuse. And oh, the many monsters we have made of people fighting against evil, monsters who commit the very sins they once opposed without any guilt on their conscience. Now the formula... To produce this outcome is really very simple indeed. Keep the humans focusing on the sin problem and how they might stop it, but never, never ever let them affirm something different. Never let them affirm what is good. Of this fact we are certain. No matter how much the humans might think they hate a sin from the start, if they think about it long and hard enough, they will embrace it and repeat it, so long as they do not have an alternative given to them. For without an alternative, they will mimic what they hate in an attempt to stop it. If the humans are mad about teapots being broken because they were cleaned with hammers, it is quite easy to tell them that it's time to clean the hammers with teapots. The end result will be the same, but they will feel vindicated. If they are upset that one group is missing something another has, have them tear down the one group which has the excess. 
For without the light dwelling in them, it is easy to turn people into the evil they oppose while leading them to believe they are innocent. The more they sow a downward movement, the more they will reap it. The humans have some awareness of our existence, but yet we still win if they will talk about the things we want them to talk about. Even if they think they dislike our goals, they will still use our ideas, words, and tactics designed and bent for our purposes. They think that they are fighting us, while indeed they are actually doing our work. Our job is not to hold their hands as they come to us below, but to get them to come on their own. We do not want them thinking too deeply about what makes a person good or evil without our guidance and influence. We want their mind turned off, inhaling a well-crafted narrative that tells them what to think so they do not have to burden themselves. We are here to lighten their load, to lead them to believe that our opinions and ideas are their opinions and ideas, to make them feel as if they are smart when indeed they are simple. Their book of Job gives the wisdom in Job 5.2, saying, Surely vexation kills the fool, and jealousy slays the simple. And we might think they would heed this as a warning, but we have found it very easy to fool them into thinking they are smarter than jealousy, completely unaware of how vexed and undiscerning they are. The light once told a young man in Luke 18.19 that no one except God alone is good. And then, to our joy, that rich young man, he walked away from the light all by himself. He could not surrender to the certain fact that the light alone makes good. The humans will be a slave to something, and being a slave to the light will give them more freedom than being a slave to something else, or, in many cases, nothing else. Oh, how we like nothing. We do not want them aware of this fact. But deception on this point is easy enough. For all that, although that rich young man understood the truth, which would later be written and codified in Romans 6.22, which reads, But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. That young man knew that truth, even though it hadn't been written yet, but what happened was the young man flinched. He looked back to us for a moment, looking for the comfort that we afford. We are tolerant here, and we encourage one to choose what they want. We want the humans thinking that it is their systems, tools, and weapons that determine how good or evil they are. We do not want them to know the truth, that only the light can make them good, and it is their sinful nature that is the source of their calamity. Encourage talk of anything or nothing, so long as it is empty of truth and the light. The more we can corrupt their teachers, preachers, and all such positive role models to think with untrue logic, the more we will teach them to believe they are thoughtfully good when they are actually thoughtlessly empty. If we can get them to believe that the systems, tools, and weapons of the world are the means of transformation into goodness or wickedness, then they will be bickering all day long while they drift below to our eternal safety. Your respectful sound house operator, feel far gone. All right, so that's quite something to take in. That letter comes from Theophar Gone, that devilish fiend from below who tries to tempt people into their eternal deep. And we read his message today 
as a commentary on Mark chapter 7. People are always trying to ask the question, what makes me good, what makes someone evil? But Jesus gave us the wisdom that says, if the light in you is darkness, how great then is that darkness? A lot of times people think they are honestly asking this question, when in truth they're trying to justify their sin. A lot of times the light that people have, the belief they have of what makes the good, what makes the evil, does not actually come from God. And what is so wicked is when people think they're living from God's morality, when indeed they are not. So let's have a quick prayer, and then we'll read Mark 7 and close out. Gracious Heavenly Father, as we have heard this devilish letter, Lord, let us be fortified with your great armor. Send your Holy Spirit to anoint us and give us strength, wisdom, and encouragement. We ask this all through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let's read Mark 7 and see what Scripture has on this entire subject. Mark 7. The Pharisees and some of the scribes gathered to him after they came from Jerusalem. And they saw some of his disciples were eating their bread with unholy hands, that is, unwashed. For the Pharisees and all other Jews do not eat unless they carefully wash their hands, thereby holding firmly to the tradition of the elders. And when they come to the marketplace, they do not eat unless they completely cleanse themselves. And there are many other things which they have received as traditions to firmly hold, such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and copper pots. The Pharisees and scribes asked Jesus, why do your disciples not walk in accordance with the tradition of the elders, but eat their bread with unholy hands? But Jesus said to them, Rightly did Isaiah prophesy about you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Neglecting the, neglecting the commandment of God, you hold to the tradition of men. He was also saying to them, You are experts at setting aside the commandment of God in order to keep your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and mother, and the one who speaks evil of father or mother is certainly to be put to death. But you say, If a person says to his father or mother, Whatever I have, I would give to you, but it is Corban, that is, set aside for the purposes of God, you no longer allow him to do anything for his father or mother thereby invalidating the word of God by your tradition which you have handed down. And you do many things such as that. And after calling the crowd to him again, Jesus began to say to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside the person which can defile him if it goes into him. But the things which come out of the person are what defile the person. And when he later entered a house, away from the crowd, his disciples asked him about the parable. And he said to them, Are you so lacking in understanding as well? Do you not understand that whatever goes into the person from outside cannot defile him? Because it does not go into his heart, but into his stomach, and is eliminated. And thereby Jesus declared all foods clean. And he was saying, That which comes out of the person, that is what defiles the person. For from within, out of the hearts of people, come evil thoughts, acts of sexual immorality, thefts, murders, acts of adultery, Deeds of greed, wickedness, deceit, indecent behavior, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the person. Now Jesus got up and went from there to the region of Tyre. And when he had entered a house, he wanted no one to know about it, but yet he could not escape notice. But after hearing about him, a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately came and fell at his feet. 
Now, the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician descent, and she repeatedly asked him to cast out the demon of her daughter. And he was saying to her, Let the children be satisfied first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs under the table feed on the children's crumbs. And Jesus said to her, Because of this answer, go, the demon has gone out from your daughter. And after going back to her home, she found the child lying on the bed and the demon gone. Again he left the region of Tyre and came through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee, within the region of the Decapolis. And they brought him to the one who was deaf and had a difficulty speaking. And they begged Jesus to lay his hands on him. And Jesus took him aside from the crowd by himself and put his fingers on his ear. After spitting, he touched his tongue with the saliva, and then looking up to heaven with a deep sigh, he said to him, Ephtatha, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened, and the impediment of his tongue was removed, and he began to speak plainly. And he gave them orders not to tell anyone, but the more he ordered them, the more wildly they continued to proclaim it. And they were utterly astonished, saying, He has done all things well. He even makes those who are deaf hear and those who are unable to speak to speak. So that's our scripture we have for today. Let us close by reading or saying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever. God love you, and have a blessed day.